Hi, and welcome to my podcast, On the Grow. I'm Grace Lee. This is the third episode into the series called Dear Diary Series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, I was inspired by one of my favorite hobbies, writing. One of my oldest passions that actually kickstarted all of this. Blogging on the internet that overlapped with my love for photography, to content creation, to eventually owning a social media agency and having a podcast. In this episode called Dear Diary, this is a different season in my life. I can tell. I share what has my full attention and focus in this current season of life. How we can tell when we're fixated on something and exploring how this fixation relates to other aspects in our lives. Before I dive into today's podcast episode, I'm long overdue for a life recap. Well, where to begin from another long hiatus since the last episode? Well, for starters, there has been quite a handful of things that have happened this past month. I'll go backwards, starting with the most recent big event the United New York City Half Marathon, that took place this past Sunday. I think I'm still riding the runner's high from that race. All I know is, going into that race, I had full intentions of beating last year's time of 1 hour 50 minutes. I remember walking out of that finish area last year thinking, next time I run this, I will be prepared. I'll be ready to handle all the things I wasn't prepared for this year. And prepared, I was. I intentionally sought out all the difficulties from last year and incorporated all of them into the race this year. The hills from the Manhattan Bridge near the start to the final hill at the finish line. And I even made sure to run the course over and over again during my training so I could familiarize myself with the feel on race day. I had painful side stitches starting from mile 7 last year and found it hard to breathe while running. This year, I made sure to hydrate a lot the week leading up to race day. Around mile 10, I did start to experience a little bit of pain, but I started to breathe differently and was able to maintain my pace. Not only did I beat last year's time, I also shaved 12 minutes off to reach a new PR of 1 hour, 38 minutes, and 50 seconds. As I was writing out my race recap in my journal, one particular moment came to mind. It was right before mile 5, where I was approaching the Manhattan Bridge. Now, there was this gradual incline heading up the bridge where I was starting to get worried again. Hills are usually my weak points, and I knew this one wasn't going to be easy. But to my surprise, I started to pick up speed. Was this going to cost me later? Was this a mistake to pick up speed, especially on a hill? But that's when I heard God telling me that just like he carried me up my other hills in life, this would be no different. And with that assurance, I felt relaxed. I even started smiling because all that fear and exhaustion disappeared in those minutes. He gave me this unexplainable strength that one can only experience from God's power alone. And 
It was that very moment that gave me the mindset that I was going to be more than okay. God was in control and he was in the driver's seat. It was his power that got me to that finish line with that pace, not my own. Moving on to another recap I wanted to share. In the beginning of March, my sister and I went on a girl's trip. An annual getaway that we are privileged to have. A tradition we started since we were in college together. The past couple of years, we opted for tropical destinations, but this year, we wanted to explore the West Coast. Now, something to note about us Lee sisters, when we travel is that we're the type of people who have Google Docs for vacations. I'm talking weather forecast screenshotted for the days, a day-to-day itinerary mapped out, flight times and coordinated seats, the whole thing. That's why it's always so easy to travel with my sister, Rebecca. We both love the same things, we have similar interests, and still love to be active and healthy on trips. Speaking of being active, the entire duration of our week stay in Monterey, California, we averaged 30,000 steps per day. I mean, the weather was in the 50s to 60s, so we really enjoyed spending our time walking around the beach area to explore and also to get food. We ate two rounds of fresh poke bowls and vegan Mexican food. And of course, just like any tourist, we had to try the famous Fisherman Wharf's clam chowder. And it was amazing. Highly recommend, by the way. Another activity on our list was bike riding by the ocean. There's tons of bike rentals near Cannery Row and along Monterey where you can ride on this beautiful scenic bike trail that overlooks the beautiful blue ocean. It's just as amazing as it sounds. And who knew fresh air could make such a huge difference? I got so accustomed to the air pollution and foul scents on the streets of New York City that I forgot what it was like to breathe in fresh air. It truly is the little things. Most of our time was spent walking outdoors, and we used this time to catch up and just talk about the things we were focused on and wanted improvement on. These are the types of conversations I value the most because as I speak to various people in various industries on a day-to-day basis running my social media agency, I'm starting to realize just how difficult it is to communicate with people. Communication in general is not common sense. Everyone handles pain differently. Everyone copes with anger differently. Everyone expresses sadness or happiness or emotions differently. And the more I see this underlying frustration, the more I want to learn about it. The more I want to learn how to navigate communicating with various people on various levels. Since Rebecca and I live in different states, it's always hard to see each other in person. We try to make the most of our time together. I hear all the difficulties and challenges of residency and how it affects her physically, mentally, and spiritually. 
And it pains me how she's battling this current season of her life. A season that is temporary, but yet feels like it'll never end. It reminded me of how many of us also feel like we're battling our current season of life, wondering when things will get better or when the current chapter will close. And all of this leads me to today's episode where I want to expand on where my focus is on in my current life season. So here is today's journal entry. Dear Diary, this is a different season in my life. I can tell. Things that used to bother me don't affect me the same way as they used to. Things that I used to love and dream about seem to have lost its charm. The way I used to handle certain situations, emotions, and people all seem foreign to me now. Could this merely be a bump in the road? Something that is temporary and a mere stop? Or could this be a new unknown path that doesn't look like it'll be stopping anytime soon? Whatever it is, I'm loving it. I'm at full speed and I have no intentions of hitting the brakes. As I was sitting on my couch the night before the gridiron race back in February, I started wondering when that shift happened. When I was more consumed with focusing on strategy for a race rather than getting excited about New York Fashion Week and the fashion component of it all. For context, I started in the social media space as a fashion blogger in 2010. I would document my outfits on a little red digital camera during the high school years, and then it eventually evolved into a DSLR camera my freshman year of college, and then really transformed my brand the second half of my college years. For as long as I can remember, fashion was what I was known for. It was a part of my identity, for the most part. In college, I'd wonder if I'd ever be known as someone other than the UNC fashion blogger. And if I strayed away from fashion, would I even be relevant anymore? The thought terrified me, so I always stuck to fashion. I started sharing more lifestyle content but then, when I thought I was sharing too much of lifestyle, I'd immediately reel it back to my fashion content. It was a part of who I was growing up, my identity that I had established for myself, and parting ways was never an option. Moving to New York City, I had previously attended numerous fashion weeks and knew it was something I needed to keep up with. The first two years of living in New York City, I was a crazy networker. I'd attend just about every event, party, and met with every PR agency and more. Whenever I felt like I was drifting away from the fashion component in New York City, there was this mental alarm in my head that would remind me to get back to it. Focus. Don't lose track kind of thing. The one New York Fashion Week show I really wanted to attend was always Kate Spade. It was one of my favorite brands growing up, and I knew that if I had gotten an invite to Kate Spade's presentation, I knew I could proudly look back and tell that high school Grace that she had made it. I still very much love fashion. I do. It excites me to work with fashion brands, attend New York Fashion Week shows, and do anything fashion-related. But now, I have other loves. And that's just it. I always thought 
that there could only be one love, that whatever love consumed me in that season of life would be replaced if I try to add in other passions. But that's far from the truth. Just like I tell clients that we as humans are multifaceted, we have many passions, I realized that I was allowed to have other interests that I fixated on. This also ties into how so many social media experts tell people to niche down. You can only be successful and grow faster if you stick with one niche. Again, I can see that being focus for some, but for many of us, we are multifaceted. We have many different passions and many skills worth sharing and talking about. These are conversations I have with Bobby on numerous occasions. He gets where I'm coming from when I ramble on and on about the things that happen in my industry and the things I witness. And he also helps me understand his finance world. Um, And even though I don't understand it fully, he helps me understand it better because I want to be there for him, even with his job. Anyway, as Bobby and I were eating dinner that night before the race, I told him about how I do this thing. If you were presented with two options, which one would you pick? Option one, automatically Boston qualify, or option two, attend the Kate Spade New York Fashion Week show. Which would it be? Option one, Boston qualify. And if I had to choose, option one, Boston qualify, or option two, make Forbes 30 under 30. Which one would you choose? Option one, Boston Qualify. I continue to keep asking questions, supplementing the second option with things that I dreamt of, loved, was so invested in back then. And as I pondered between the two, I started to realize this one thing. You can see that where your passions are is also where your heart lies. My focus, my fixation, The thing that really stirred excitement in my heart is just that. I'm in my running era where that's what my heart craves, what I want. And I noticed that you can see what you're focused on when your emotions and excitement level are at an all-time high, thinking about it, or even doing that very thing. I attended a Fashion Week presentation in February And the place where I used to feel so comfortable in just suddenly didn't feel quite like home anymore. It was like putting on a dress that I had worn back in middle school that I was obsessed with. And for some reason, it fit, but the sleeves just didn't look as cute as they used to. Or something about the print didn't excite me like it used to. Or when I looked in the mirror, it just didn't feel right. That's kind of the same emotion I had that day, leaving the presentation. It was fun. I enjoyed the opportunity. But then I started thinking about the upcoming race, and my heart felt so happy again. The next morning, I put on my favorite running clothes and shoes, and everything felt right again. This is where I feel comfortable. And I started to notice this more and more. When I'm surrounded by other runner friends or the running community, and we have the same level of excitement in our training plans to races. 
I had a marathon training partnership in the works that I was so overjoyed to get started with, but was then completely crushed when they didn't want to move forward anymore. And I started thinking, when was the last time I felt this crushed by not getting a partnership? That moment sure felt different too. And as you start to piece together these things where you'll experience different emotions and reactions based around what you're fixated on, you'll start to realize that this is all discipline and willpower that goes without notice. You have this determination in you to keep focusing on this goal or hobby because you know deep down you are capable of getting better and better at it. It's only the start, and that's what makes it even more exciting. Is there something you've been focused on or fixated on in your current season of life? What is the driving factor? I've been honestly trying to dissect what my obsession with running is and has become. What is it about this sport that has me hooked? Is it because I'm seeing myself progress the more and more I consistently put in time and effort into it? Is it because in a world of social media and fashion, I feel this is the area where I feel most free? Growing up, I've always been a jack of all trades, meaning I was good at a lot of things. Figure skating, tennis, soccer, writing, just to name a few, but never the best. And as I've gotten older, it's not so much a drive for me to be the best at one thing, But this running chapter for me is more so because I found something that balances me. You're probably like, what does that even mean? I found something that not only never stops challenging me, but actually helped me understand a deeper perspective on my current fixation. I was trying to piece together why I got into running in the first place and realized that my first intentional reason wasn't actually to find something that challenged me, at least not in the way it is now. The truth is, I started to run frequently because one, it helped me to fight the huge amount of stress and pressure I felt in college. And two, I finally didn't have to feel guilty for eating. It was a perfect disguise to show others that I was always just healthy and always training for something, when in reality, I wanted to not hate myself for eating. Coming out of a dark period in my life and moving to New York City shortly after, there were many insecurities and difficulties I was struggling with. I'd run for long miles every other day, and by long miles back in college, Those were like three to four miles to supplement the drinking on weekends and binging from starving myself. In college, I used to do this thing called stress runs. Whenever I was stressed, frustrated, or overwhelmed, I'd go for runs. The faster and longer I ran, the better I felt. I had this mindset that if I ran until my legs hurt, then it would prove to myself that I'm stronger than anything that comes my way. It was like I relied on physical pain to feel better. I remember days where I just keep running endlessly 
without a thought in mind, except trying to focus on the strength I was building. And if I continued on, would my stress go away too? It was a healthy but unhealthy way of coping and releasing stress. Sometimes, when I'm running now, my mind goes to my college days. When I'm stressed, I think of my past behavior and find myself asking, will it be easier to deal with if I run faster, longer? It hasn't been an easy journey with my stress running, but now I find running as a reminder of my strength, not something I need to feel strong. There's a difference. Fast forward to now, running has evolved into a whole different meaning. It holds me accountable. There are days when I want to eat less, control what I put into my mouth, but then I think about the progress with running and how starving myself could easily ruin everything I've worked so hard for, and I shake the idea of it away. Wow. I think I just did my own psychological research on what caused my fixation. (laughs) But all jokes aside, I think that's exactly how you can figure out yourself why you're so focused on something. There's always a deeper meaning behind the intentions you set and the focus that keeps you in check. Maybe it's something like mine, a pain point that shifted to a reminder of how strong I am physically and mentally, or even a past trauma that reminds you you're worthy of being loved, or maybe your focus is what keeps you balanced with life and everything in between, the thick and thin of it all. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to do that deep soul-searching for your own focuses, because that's where the beauty lies. Each season is different. What you're fixated on now may not be what you're fixated on in the next season, but each season will bring its own unique set of challenges, blessings, and opportunities. Each season will reveal more of your character as you allow it to refine you and shape you. Now it's your turn. What is it that you have been fixating on or focusing on in your current season of life? Send me an email at grace at gracefullymade.com or DM me on Instagram at bygracely. I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the Dear Diary series. This time, I'll be talking about why social media affects friendships in real life. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in!